Thursday. You know what time it is. Time for the hottest new wrestling podcast on the planet. Be on the barricade with your host, Dollar Bill, the cleaner, and the brain. Let's get started. All right. So in throwing around some subjects for tonight, uh, we came up with one where last week we talked about what uh, what our favorite things in the promotions as it has and how a promotion can get our money. This week, we kind of want to expand upon that topic and go into more of what it takes to run a good promotion. So just to emphasize, we want to talk more about from our point of views and also from our experiences, what we've seen made promotions work. We're not going to tell you how to run one. There's a lot of other people out there that can do that. So let's start off with, um, let's see. Let's start with some basic ideas on what we see makes a, a promotion run well. As in that we that we've noticed. Um, I mean, I can go back and talk about maybe like those that first couple of years of AEW. The one thing that they still preach to this day is like you it's more than a team, it's a family. You know, you don't feel like you're in a corporate environment. You're not scared of losing your job. You're not scared of going to the boss to run some ideas. So it was like it, it it's you gotta have that environment, that friendly environment. Agreed. The boss has to be approachable and amenable to ideas that you're coming up with that could uh put more asses in the seats. Yeah, mm. sell more mm. tickets. Yeah. Even if it's a small venue, like uh so last night I was at Deadlock Pro and they came yeah, to uh, the Yeah, they came to the Mecca in Jersey or in uh Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. And so at first they set the attendance record for that building. It's a, I guess it's a very popular building for pro wrestling, uh, pro wrestling. Yeah, and yeah. These guys were able to sell it out. Um, and it, it reminded me a lot of those Reseda PWG days because the action was hard hitting. There was some moves that to me still are like, like I can't wrap my mind around like what some of these guys were able to pull off, you know? And it was, it's a small building, but the fans were very, very loud. It's a very small building. I've been there. Yeah. It's actually, I actually worked a show there one time. Oh, okay. But yeah, like, like I was saying, it was a, it's a small building, Mm. but the fans were loud and that, like when the when the fans are loud, that could really change the entire presentation for the audience at home. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Changes the presentation for the wrestlers too. Yeah, because it shows that the crowd is really into it, and they they put a little bit more effort into their matches. Yeah, because especially like that's the biggest uh, fear for wrestlers that crowd. I've heard so many times. Yes, is a dead crowd. They don't yeah. care. If like they're a baby face and they get a negative or a heel reaction or vice versa, they're worried that if they go out there, they get no, no reaction. Noise. Yeah. No reaction. That's you're like, that's the sign of you're doing a bad job. Yeah. It's like you have, it's, it's like either a good reaction, like positive, like cheers. You can get the, you can get the heat on the booze, which, you know, they can go either way. Technically they're both good reactions. Exactly. But when you get to the point, when you get to the apathy one, with the apathetic, where you don't care, or it's a bathroom break match, or it's like you're basically 
just looking at your phones and talking to other people. It's like yeah. you're not even paying attention to the ring. That's definitely a bad sign. Yeah, that yeah. could kill a show. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, we've all been to shows like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's been times where I felt like sometimes I was going to fall asleep. Like, legitimately. Yeah. And that's, like, not even a knack on the wrestlers or anything. It's just the way it is. Sometimes what you're doing is not working. And then everything just feels to fall flat. And then next thing you know, you got that the camera that pans on that one dude who's completely out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, like, fall asleep like that. And then the announcers have a field day with that. Oh, everybody! <laughs> everybody online has a field day with it. Absolutely, <laughs> chanting "Wake the, wake the f up, <laughs> wake the f up." <laughs> the guy, he wakes up and then he's got two wrestlers right in his face. Yeah, <laughs> this is not a dream. This is your nightmare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then again, there have been times that we've all been to shows, and we can't hear the person talk sitting next to us talking to no. us, saying something to us because the crowd is so into it and so loud. Yeah. Perfect it, example of some shows that we've been to that are absolutely insane. The one thing Ring I can of Honor. Think, yeah, Ring of, of Honor. Um like Jersey one moment, Pro. uh Ring of Honor one moment I could bring up is when uh at least recent history, Hangman doing that dive at, at the Hammerstein oh, yes. Ballroom. Mm-hmm. The the whole building went nuts. That was M- M- MM7, right? Uh, was that MM7 or was that a final battle? No, that was Manhattan Mayhem, either seven or eight. Mm. It's seven, seven, because... Yeah, we were at that show. Yeah. Yeah. Because the next the one was The place absolutely blew apart yes. when he did that dive. It, uh, for those that may not notice uh, or remember... Specific, just think in your mind, psychosis when he did the the backflip off the Hammerstein Ballroom at ECW One Night Stand. Yeah, substitutes, that was... yeah, it was literally the same thing. Yeah. Just substitute psychosis, psychosis for um for Hangman, and they were landing on SCU. No, not SCU. Uh, they were landing on the Kingdom, Shane Taylor, and the rest of the Elite. So pretty much from the second floor, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did okay. a backflip. Off the balcony. Yep. So let's let's go into that a little bit because it's, it's something interesting. So one of the things also the promotion we just you just noticed about the way that wrestlers are. So when they were wasting on a promotion, you would say parties to hire the talent. But we all know that there's that like running any business, hiring talent all comes down to the money involved. Um I I would uh sometimes argue against that. Explain, please. Two men we could talk about is the Briscoes okay. who have been loyal to ring of honor because they have been approached by TNA when it was much in much better shape than it is today. They were approached by WWE. They were approached by AEW when it was starting out before technically before they had the, uh, the TNT deal, but they were always loyal to ring of honor. It was never about the money with that. And I think, yes, for some people, that is very true that it's all about the money. But there are others where sometimes the money isn't always the most important thing. So you want to sign in a place that's going to make you feel welcome and feel like family. Two people and you Ring can of think Honor of. definitely does that. 
Ring of Honor definitely does that. Um, two people I was going to bring up, Brian Danielson and Adam Cole. They were both free agents around the same time. They both wanted to sign with W or uh, WWE. Both wanted to sign them back, but they chose AEW. Now, then again, AEW could very well match what WWE offers, but they didn't choose. They didn't choose AEW because of the money at that time. Mm, right. Uh, they wanted they, a different environment. Adam Cole wanted to be back with his friends. And yeah, Brian Danielson wanted a different environment. He wanted to be a wrestler again. Yeah. So those are two situations that come up to my mind in terms of sometimes it's not about the money. But like I said, yeah, for others, it's totally about the money. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm talking about as especially running the promotion because you still have to provide somewhat of a cash to actually run it. Because we've seen in the past where there's promoters that will hire wrestler a they wrestler a does a show and then oh wait they didn't get paid or yeah they paid just enough i mean that's always been the struggle of our wrestlers is finding finding that paycheck you know that payout yeah. I mean, sorry where they may you know they make something out of it instead of just doing it with a promise money and they end up with nothing right? yes and that's why um like one thing ecw when they went out of business Paul Heyman has said in multiple interviews since that the one thing he wished he could have done for ECW is have a finance department to yeah. be able to handle those finances and to let him to update him about those finances. Because that's the one thing you have to do is I think the biggest budget you should have as a promoter and the biggest thing as a promoter you should look at is what are you going to set as your roster budget and how to calculate everybody's rates to make sure you don't go over that budget. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. There have been promoters out there who've promised wrestlers upwards of a couple thousand dollars to make an appearance. Mm-hmm. They make the appearance, they do their match, and the promoter's gone before the show is over. Yeah. And oh, nobody gets yeah. paid. Yeah, oh, I remember hearing about some of the shows like that. Oh yeah, yeah, that was common. Oh, it happens all too often. Yeah, yeah, so and that's that why be- you always tell wrestlers, especially the up and comers one, up and coming ones, to always do their research about promoters. Yeah, make sure definitely. you're going for the right people. You're you're working for the right people that will treat you well, right, and yeah. treat you like family, family to where you would want to come back. Exactly. Yeah, back then it'd be a lot was a lot harder without the advance yeah. advent of social of social media. Yeah, it was pretty much word of mouth, and you had to yeah. find out from this other guy and this other guy whoever's actually been there. It's like, hey, how's this you know federation working or mm-hmm. promotion? One one promotion that was top notch when it came to making sure the guys were taken care of mm-hmm. was Jersey All Pro. Hmm. Jersey All Pro was top notch when it came to making sure that the wrestlers were taken care of and that they were paid. They were paid on time. They were paid right after their ma- as soon as their match was over, they were being paid. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Much needed. I mean, there, nobody was waiting till the end of the show to get paid. You finished your match, you came back, you sat down, you had something to drink, and you, whoever was in charge of the money that, at that night, was coming over to you with an envelope, handing you your envelope for the night. Yeah. And especially you would want to do the um, 
the 50-50 thing where you pay wrestlers half of it up front then half right. of it at the end of the show. Right. That that's how they did it most of the times. Cuz I talked I talked to a bunch of the guys and mm-hmm. that's how they told me that they did it. Mm-hmm. One thing I also want to ask is um is mostly about the financing of it because I always start from from my experiences and I know I could be I'm wrong but I've always been told that the money is sort of taken out from the um I guess you could say the the the, uh, the profits that was made from the from the uh, attendance. Yes. So yeah. they would take all that money that was made from the attendance and then they would just show it out to the wrestlers. Yeah. Cuz usually that, yeah. Yeah, especially like those lower promotions, yeah, they're they're pretty much their main source of revenue is ticket sales. But then obviously as you get bigger and bigger, maybe you get some sponsorships, maybe you get a TV deal, you know, like AEW, WWE, their main source of revenue is their TV deals. Then it comes the ticket gates. Mm. Then it's merchandise because they're big enough to do their own merchandise, you know? So there's multiple passive uh, revenue for the bigger companies, but for the lower companies, it's pretty much ticket sales. I mean, unless they work a cut of the, the merchandising and the concessions and the, uh, the, uh, the autographs, the meet and greets, but it's, let's say, no, no, you go ahead. I was going to say, uh, when it comes to the, cause you also had an out about the interviews and the meet and greets and, mm-hmm. uh, merchandising now, because I've always we've seen in the past where a lot of the guys, especially with which have their own little tables, their own little booths, and and whatnot. So yeah. does the promotion get a cut from them hosting their own table? Like, uh, um, yeah. they might have to rent a space. I know yeah. some event at a lot of the shows we've gone to, they have guys who come in with the DVDs and the VHS tapes, the do- the yeah. action figures, the T-shirts, the masks everything and those are those spaces are rented out to them for maybe a thousand dollars for the day yeah i I think also like i think it's the bigger talents like uh when they have a vip guest they'll they'll spot them the table yeah they'll spot them the table but that's also run with the promotion and they Mm -hmm. pretty much split everything half will go to the promoter half will go to the um the uh the per the VIP guest. Because mm. I know in conventions it's um what what conventions do is the convention actually rents out the table of space to the vendor. So but the but the price depends on also where the venue is located. So so yeah. it calls like a double double way with that. Like the venue charges X for for the space, the promoter yeah. would charge Y and then Pretty much, you know, the vendor will pay Z for it, you know, like that. Because uh, usually the um, by the time the the show, the the venue is already paid off. Mm-hmm. So, like, depending on whatever the price is, that venue has already been paid for that night. Because if they, I I doubt the uh, that event would happen if the um the renting price by the promoter wasn't paid. Yeah, like they wouldn't show yeah, up. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, or they wouldn't be allowed in the building. Right. Yeah, like I would if I were to get a table there for say fifty bucks, for example. If I don't pay the fifty bucks, I ain't getting the table. I think if there are exactly. people that are on the show, 
like wrestlers on the show, I mm-hmm. think they're given tables for free. I'm not a hundred percent sure, not a hundred percent sure, but that's what I was. That's what I'm assuming. Like, well, that's, we'll definitely have some people in the future to ask about that. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. definitely will. Yeah, let's get to this. We'll get to in a bit. Um, All uh, will be revealed in due time. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a soda. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then moving on a little bit more, so more a little deeper into running into how to run a good promotion. Well, not how to run, but what so we see and make one. Uh, Brandon has actually been the EMT for many of the promotions. He's had a lot of experience with it. So yes, I have. You yeah. could fill us in about the medical terms because as much as people love the normies, love to say, "Oh, wrestling is fake and whatnot," I think the brain can save a lot of experience. What is and what isn't. Yeah, especially regards to physical uh, physicalities. Yeah, I mean the uh, a lot of the stuff that you see, it's all it's choreographed. It, before the guys go out there, yeah, they know what they're going to do. They know what they're going to do at each se- section of the match, and they have it all planned out. But injuries happen. The injuries are without a doubt the realest part of wrestling. You know. The blood is real. The injuries are real. Cleaner, you, me, Jack, and uh, Bobby, yeah. we all saw one really nasty one. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you and Bobby almost got taken out by that incident. No, no, no. Bobby already had like walked away. I was <laughs> still there. So I was almost taken out. Um, <laughs> the incident we're referring to is back in 2016, calm before the storm. Mm-hmm. Jersey All was, Pro, calm before the storm, Marist High School. The former Marist High School. Yeah, yes. former. Now it's a yeah. landfill. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, um, the yeah, only thing it, left is the sign. Yep, yep. Uh, so basically what happened was there was a four-way match. Joey Janela, I remember, is the only person involved besides Danny DeMano. Who, Grim Reefer was in it. Okay, Grim Reefer. I, actually, I literally just watched that clip. Do you remember who was the fourth? Ago. I think it was I think it was Azriel. Because the only one I remember is Joey. Okay. He's the only other one I remember besides Yeah, Joey Jamie. was definitely oh. there. As I think it was Azriel and Grim Reefer was in the match. So it was a four way, uh best of the light heavyweights. And mm-hmm. so basically they had gone to the outside. Now this setup did not have a lot of space to the ring. No, it did I not. was I was a front row seat. I could basically reach out and touch the ring. I was That's a front much... row. I was a front row seat on the corner opposite where it where it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and was sitting, it was, I was sitting with Jack. It was there was not enough space, and the the barricades. It's the only time I've actually seen it. The barricades were so small. Like yeah, it was. So I can sit down and still like not have any. Yeah, see over, like not have any obstruction. So I remember three of them come out to the side and Danny DeMano starts climbing up to the top rope and I'm looking up. I'm like so close to it that I could literally just like jump into the pile. Yeah, I was that close. You almost became part of the pile. Yeah, I almost became <laughs> part of the pile. <laughs> Next thing I know, he does a moonsault off the top rope, uh-huh. completely misses the the three wrestlers. And 
because I went like this. Right. So like, like get you out, pretty much you, like had, you had your hands up on your you were covering face. up for, yeah, for protection. Just yeah. covering up. And I felt it on my leg. I felt the barricade like run down my leg and I was like, oh shit. So I, I checked myself. Thankfully I was fine. Right. And then I see Danny DeMano literally right in front of me. And like his leg is in not like it looks like it's not supposed to look like that. <laughs> yeah, it isn't. Like, it's yeah. not. <laughs> It's and not so, supposed to bend that way. Yeah, no, no it was not. not. It was not. It's not and supposed to twist that way. I remember I go down and I look like I bend over like this and I'm like, Danny, are you okay? And he's like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And, and I just froze. I fro- Excuse my language, but I just froze. Right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And um, remember, and I remember you, uh, John, show, you would come this in. This show is NSFK. All right. Yeah, we know the NSFW stuff, and but uh, let's keep going. But um, but yeah. So John had rushed in, and I'm just like standing there, frozen. And um, when I realized, um, another person that was there that helped out this kid named Bobby Cavanaugh. He Uh, he he was was working for McCabe that night. Yes, he's the one who showed up to take him to the hospital. Yes, and um, and I remember I was just I was frozen. I was like, oh my god, because like you could tell. He's he broke not, his femur. Yeah, he he's not femur. selling. No, this is a shoot. And yeah, like he's like you said, he broke his femur. And yeah. who knows? Maybe he would not have broken his leg had he hit me. <laughs> no, no, you probably, but then you probably been knocked out, and maybe you would have been in the hospital. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what? And then that would have got me a job. <laughs> but you know what? Not for nothing. Once we got him stabilized and onto the backboard. Like, I think you were one of them, and a couple other fans helped mm-hmm. carry him out to the to the ambulance, out to the stretcher. Um, I don't no, I don't think I was no. one of them. No, because I was with Rob RPM and uh, one of the security guards, and we were just standing there talking. Oh, okay, but but yeah, getting yeah. on to other other well, injuries that we've seen. Um, this is not an injury story, but. This is the thing about like paramedics, right? So like New Jersey, you just need a one EM one EMT certified person on on staff. But when you're in New York, you have to have a ambulance on site. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the last New York uh show that I went to before the pandemic was New Japan. Uh Strong Style Evolved and they were running the Hammerstein Ballroom. And it was going to be a big night because one of the match or one of the things they were doing that night was um, the Tiger Tory retirement. He was on his retirement tour and it was his last U.S. show. So they were going to give him like a nice little send off. But the thing is, the show was supposed to start at eight. Mm-hmm. It didn't start until about nine fifteen, nine thirty. And the, the reason it never showed up. Ambulance never showed up until an hour and a half in and there were even rumors that it might have been like wwe's doing somebody on behalf of wwe had called in to get the ambulance off site because that's what that's the whole big rumor is that it was uh sabotage mm-hmm. and it was uh either in response and was in response for doing um g1 supercard that's the rumor i'm not 100 percent sure i mean that's that 
that's what I go with because you know my anti WWE persona. <laughs> <laughs> you heal, but uh, well, uh, I'm a baby. No, he's face. the no, let me I'm the baby face. That. He's the he's the tweener. <laughs> You're the tweener. The tweener. But, um, Dollar Bill's the face. I'm the heel. You're the tweener. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah. So like, we were sitting there watching the Boston show while waiting for because I didn't. One thing I remember uh, about 45 minutes in, the president of New Japan, either right. the president of New Japan or the president or uh, the president of New Japan America, had come out right. and in his broken English tried to apologize, and you know, and like. The way he did it made me think something was seriously wrong. I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? What's happening? Like, I was legitimately scared. And then Rocky Romero comes out, you know, tries to save face. And he's like, you know, he he explains like, hey, you know, we we're running a little late. There's technical difficulties backstage. We'll (laughs) let you know. And he started throwing out T-shirts. And I was like, "Okay, nothing major happened. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, we know a little bit short, like on our time, because this, because this is one of those topics where it's a lot more involved than we. Yeah, we could talk for. about this forever. Yeah. So yeah, but the we one thing visit t- this on other shows. But the one thing you also touched upon, sabotage. Now we know about competition. It's like a common thing in in whatever you do in um entrepreneurship. There's always about competition. Right. So, how would a good like if you're running? Uh, I don't want to. I we want to watch I say if you want a promotion, but we could put this one for for an exception. What would be the best way to handle competition and possible sabotage um event attempts? Because we've seen it also. I've also personally seen it happen in ring, in one of Ring Honor shows where they had that fire marshal come in because I think it was something with ECW, you know, calling stuff out, and that was about way back in the Murphy yeah. Rec Center. But so want to have some. What would be some options like to um like the navigators? I would say the most obvious thing is just to put on a better show. That's plain and Absolutely. simple. Just put on a better show. Um, I mean, there's not really much competition. Like, especially nowadays, there's not so much turmoil between, like, let's say, Ring of Honor and TNA or AEW and MLW or something like that. Like, there's only two. Re- I mean, hell, like now a lot of the companies in Japan are starting to work with each other again. Um, mm-hmm. they just announced both a uh, super junior festival here in the United States that's going to involve many of the junior uh, heavyweights from around the entire world, and it, even in New Japan or in Japan, I should say, they're running a what's being called as All Together, and it's going to be a, a super show combining mm-hmm. talents from New Japan, All Japan, and Pro Wrestling Noah. So there's that's not this be an insane show. Oh, definitely. It's going to no be doubt. an amazing, amazing show. And this is what I'm happy to see is like those companies working together. The collaboration again. instead of the competition. Yeah. And there's really like two major like wrestling wars that's going on right now. And it's only WWE versus everybody <laughs> and AAA and CMLO. Now, obviously, that second one doesn't really matter outside of Mexico because it it still is hard for the Mexican companies to get exposure elsewhere. But in terms of, you know, here, the WWE, it, they like to not mention everybody else. Like, you know, yeah. if it doesn't happen in the WWE world, it doesn't it matter. It doesn't exist. I see that in the fans too, a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, like, 
like I, like the story I brought up, like there's so many there's so many stories of WWE sabotage. And then not you really also have the invasion angles. Yeah. Well, not even the invasion angles. Those are staged. Those are work. Yeah, I know, you know? I know that, but, but I, sometimes I mean, they're not. Uh, what I'm talking about is like stuff like uh, how Vince at the last second booked a show to go up against Spring Stamp or not Spring Stampede, one of the NWA shows in the 80s. And like how many times has he raided talents from other companies, like yeah. major talent raids? So there's a lot of like, WWE sabotage against, or I should say Vince McMahon sabotage against other companies. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause I've noticed that even with, in Triple H's uh, regi- uh, regime, we could say, lack of a better term, you didn't really hear as much about any sabotage or anything, anything like that. But then again, he's only been in power for a year, you know? Yeah, still, yeah, true. You're it's- kind of, like, we're talking about a guy who's only been in control officially for a year compared to somebody that ran the company for about 40. Exactly. So yeah. He hasn't had a chance to do much yet. Yeah. And so. we, we, it's going to be very hard to see somebody as big as WWE because we haven't seen that since WC done WCW went out there. Right. That was the last time we had a company on equal level with WWE. So yeah, it's been a while. they're not going to pull out those tactics until you get, I mean, we've seen some of it with AEW. Like they were legit terrified of AEW when they first started because they yeah, went on they that are. signing spree. Yep. They sure did. So now that it, it is a little different today, but AEW still has some time to go before they're on the level of WWE. And agreed. And one thing so, I wish AEW would stop doing is calling out WWE because I feel like it's kind of cheapening the product a little bit. It's like you want if you want to get banned WWE, just build it. Don't keep don't worry about what WWE is doing. Worry I mean, about, the thing is, um, I like don't get me wrong. It's not a oh, um, right, the Undertaker then, came back. Undertaker came back. Oh no, we got a we got a, a dark crowd here. Um, <laughs> hold on, let me see. All right, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to cut you off there. Yeah, here. go ahead. All right, because uh, we have one more thing we got to talk about before we cut this night off. Yes. Oh, yes. We have. We must make He's this on. announcement. Yes. Next week, the podcast is having its first special guest. Who it will be? You'll have to pay attention to the to the web pages. Yes, we might pay drop attention pins. to Facebook. You have to pay attention to uh, Twitter. We are on Twitter. We're on YouTube and Spotify. What's the at? And also, we dropped a couple of hints tonight, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's did we? Yes, well, we did. that's partially why we talked about running a promotion. Mm-hmm. It's Adam Cole. We got Adam Cole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What the hell is he running? On Twitter, we have the podcast Twitter is at BTB Podcast 34. YouTube is Beyond the Barricade Podcast. And on... We have an email if people want to send in suggestions for topics or have a question for us. UltimateBTBPodcast at gmail.com. That's U-L-T-E-M-T BTB Podcast at gmail.com. 
and on Spotify, Beyond the Barricade podcast, wrestling podcast. All right. So there we go with uh, with the show plugs and the possible and the possible guests for our next show, which will be episode nine. So stay tuned to Twitter. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to Twitter, Spotify, to Facebook. Do drop us some hints here and there as time as the time gets closer. Yes, Much indeed. Closer. Yes, indeed. All right. Final so, thoughts, gentlemen. Closing thoughts. Let's see. Cleaner. Um. Basically, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Try to drag it out. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> I won't. I'll never shut up. But now I can't talk. <laughs> well, it it's about time. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a little, oh, uh, trust me. You'll I be, <laughs> oh, I, I was going to say you're going to be quiet after this week. <laughs> mm, definitely. So my final thoughts was that is that. All the talk about people saying that that they can run a promotion, it, it always feels like there's there's so much they don't see behind the scenes when it comes to booking, whether it comes to actually booking the matches that make some sort of coherent cohesive sense when it comes to getting the arena, the venue, and also finding out legality what the hell you need with regards to you know EMT like you said New Jersey needs one EMT whereas New York needs one ambulance. Yep. You know, and so also security with two, yeah. with two Every- EMTs. Yes, everybody all, has their own different laws to abide by. Exactly, and then also you have to really pay your talent out, as well as also your workers. You know, the ring crew, yep. the camera crew, um, you know, the referees, and everybody. So there's a lot that goes into it, and we'll talk more about that in another time. Yes, indeed. But okay. once again, I think another time we're gonna get into. The craziest stuff we've ever seen at a wrestling show. Yes. That's a good that topic. is definitely going to be a great topic. That might end up being a two-parter because we've been, we've all been watching wrestling most of our lives. And there's been crazy stuff that we've seen over the years. Okay. And just can't wait. Yes, indeed. So, so on that note, we'll all see you later. All right. Gentlemen, as always, too sweet. Have a good That's night. Sweet. Good night, everybody.